we've now seen uh, a different title winner for eight straight tournaments. Uh, and that's really a departure from the way it used to be. When you think back in the old days when you had, of course, Hakuho and uh, Yokozuna like Asa Shoryu, there, there was continuity there. And you knew, you know, you knew who the top dog was and you could get behind him and cheer for him. But, but now, you know, with uh, every tournament seems to have a different winner. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's Twitter Spaces on Japan Forward's Sports Look Twitter account. This will be an upcoming episode of Sports Talk as well on our podcast platform on Japan Forward's website, Sports Talk website, Sports Look website, and other various digital platforms like uh, uh, like Google and Apple and uh, Spotify. Thank you for checking out this recording uh, whenever you get around to it. And if you're joining live today, please also join in and share the information with Sumo fans. Jim, welcome to today's podcast, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk about the upcoming Summer Basho. How's it going, Jim? Uh, it's going good, Ed. How are you today? All right. Uh, nice weather. Uh, we're inside, but I'll go I'll go back outside a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. Get out there and enjoy the weather. Yeah. Um, so, Jim, you're going to be busy uh, covering the Summer Basho, the Grand Sumo Tournament, starting on May 14th um, until the 28th. What are some talking points, uh, before I ask you questions, that you want to highlight in your preview? What are some big things? Don't mention that. Well, I guess maybe we'll repeat a little bit, but what are the things you think people should know right off the bat? Well, I mean, the big the big thing really is uh, the return of uh, Yokozuna Teronofuji. Um, he's been out for the better part of four tournaments, so it'll be interesting to see how he fares when he comes back. We can talk more about that later. Um, and the uh, continued progress of uh, Mongolian Kiribayama, who won the previous tournament, uh, and he's been uh, he's been moving up the ranks. He's uh, now at Sekiwake, so it'll be interesting to see how he does as well. Those are the two things that I'll be uh, focusing on when the tournament gets underway. So let's go back to Terano Fuji right off the bat here. Um, he's a seven-time winner. He's a veteran. He's had knee problems like a lot of sumo grapplers do eventually or throughout their career. Um, do you have any hint on what, how he looks condition-wise and um, what you expect from him? I think there's probably certainly more questions than answers before there's you know matches underway. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard to tell how he's going to do. He said... Um a month ago that he's uh, preparing and, and will be ready to go uh, come opening day. But as you said, he's, he's had multiple surgeries on his knees. Uh, he hasn't fought uh, in the, in the last four tournaments. Um, the last time he won a tournament was a year ago. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see. And, and on top of all that, he's, uh, he's battling diabetes. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how he does. He's 31 years old. Uh, when he's on his game, he's dominant, but he's got a lot of, uh, a lot of obstacles to, to get through if he's going to be as dominant as he was a year ago. 
you know, sometimes um, some of the really good wrestlers, the really great wrestlers, seem to have like one more big run in them, like Hakuho's final title. I wonder, do you think that maybe uh, Terano Fuji has one more big, uh, big title run in him? Maybe he can get to eight Emperor's Cups? I think another Emperor's Cup is is definitely within his reach. Um, but, you know, Hakuho never had the uh, the health issues that Terano Fuji had. The, the surgery on the knees, multiple surgeries on his knees. Um, it's, it's, that makes it tough. And he's a big man and puts a lot of weight on his knees. And, you know, you, you've probably heard in sports, the knees are the first things to go. So... Um, it's going to be interesting, but I, I think he's, he's 31. So yeah, he's still got a shot at, at, at least one more emperor's cup. From what you've read over the years, um, and understanding of maybe physiology and just, uh, body mechanics and whatnot, does diabetes factor into stamina at all and just, um, conditioning? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not a doctor, as as they say, um, but I, I can't imagine it would help him. Uh, you know, uh, I, from what I know, that's a disease that's linked to one's weight. Um, but I really don't know how how that would affect him in the ring. But I can't imagine it would help him at all. Well, thank you for your honesty, Doctor Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wish I was a doctor. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if, if like the blood sugar really impacts like energy and whatnot. You know, I mean, like you would imagine the guys are burning a ton of calories on every given day. So their their caloric intake must be really. They have to if you have diabetes, you really got to watch what you're in, you're intaking, but also you got to consume a lot anyway. Yeah, and, and there's medication you can take and I. I you know, there have been athletes over the years who have competed uh, for the better parts of their careers with diabetes. Bobby Clark in, in hockey, he had diabetes and, and he was able to be one of the greatest players in the game. So, I mean, it's it's not something that will end your career. Let's uh, let's talk about Kimbozan for a little bit here. I'm jumping around. Um, Kazakh. Wrestler from Kazakhstan who made his debut in the top division last uh, last tournament. He's of course a lot younger than uh, Terano Fuji. Was he 25, 26? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was uh, ranked 14th at Maigashira last tournament. Went 11 and four. He's up to number five now. What do you? How impressive was his debut? Just um, being in the top division for the first time. Um, yeah, he was uh, he was he was great in his debut, fourteen and zero. I mean, you you can't argue with that. And he got the Fighting Spirit Prize, as you say. Um, he had uh, big wins over wrestlers like Takayasu and Mitoriu and Takanosho and Abi. Uh, he won his last four bouts in in the March tournament in his debut at, at the highest rank. So, yeah, he had a great debut. And, uh, you know, he moved up the ranks to the fifth spot, the fifth Maigashira. So, he'll, you know, he'll face tougher competition this time out. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how he does. I mean, he's certainly um, uh, 
had a lot of success early on in his career. And being the first wrestler from Kazakhstan is, uh, I, I think it, it, it adds uh, a certain element and brings in more fans to the sport. So I hope he does well. I'm going to put you on the spot here just for a second and make a quick correction. You said that Kim Bozan was 14 and 0 last tournament. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Just did double I... checking 11 and four. 11 and four. Sorry. I, did I say 14 and 0? He was 11 and four <laughs> in, in the last tournament. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he was, but he was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where I got that 14 and 0 from. Maybe you're thinking of Bobby Clark and a couple of the <laughs> maybe like a five game stretch when he had his best part of his goal scoring in his career, something like that. Yeah. But he was he was 11 and 4 and and he was also 11 and 4 uh in the January tournament in the judo division. So he's he's been uh he's been doing well. Okay, let's uh, let's quickly flip back to January when uh, Takakeshu Takakesho won this the uh, New Year Basho. That was, of course, a a career high, a career a career achievement for him, a great highlight. And then he was injured and pulled out uh, about midway through the uh, spring Basho with knee problems. Yeah, and he's of course trying to save his Ozeki status for the near future. So this is a really yeah. crucial time in his career. He's sort of at the crossroads. What what do you think will happen with Takakesho? Yeah, he uh I mean he's fighting for his uh for his to save his rank as Ozeki. So I mean he's got to come up with at least eight wins and um you know, he's been battling injuries. He only got through the first week uh of the March tournament uh when he went 3-4 and 8. So I mean the pressure's really on him and and just thinking just thinking big picture you know Sumo needs uh Ozeki who are competitive. I mean they need they've only got one now they ideally you'd want two Ozeki who are really performing well and pushing the uh Yokozuna and Sumo just hasn't had that for a long time. So uh you know they really need these Ozeki to step up. And, you know, Shodai and Mitakeumi were demoted. They lost their rank. And, and Takakesho has been spotty. I mean, he did win in January and, and could have had promotion to Yokozuna, but it, it didn't work out that way. And, and there's so, so there's real, there's a sort of crisis of leadership at the top. And, and, you know, I know the Sumo Association is hoping that these wrestlers sort of step their game up and, and, uh, you know, get promotion and, and, and fight at the highest level. Of course. Yeah. Promotion is important to get, to get people in the top spots, but also I think continuity with having people up there for, you know, several tournaments or several years to, to build rivalry as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, we, we've had we've now seen uh, a different title winner for eight straight tournaments, uh, and that's really a departure from the way it used to be. When you think back in the old days, when you had, of course, Hakuho and uh, Yokozuna, like Asa Shoryu, there, there was continuity there, and you knew you know you knew who the top dog was, and you could get behind him and cheer for him. But but now you know with uh, 
every tournament seems to have a different winner. Jim, there are there are four Sekiwaki in this upcoming tournament. Wakamoto Haru, Daesho, Kiribayama, and Hoshoryu. Of those four, who do you think is most likely to get promoted to Ozeki in the near future? And who do you think might be the best, have the best qualities as a wrestler to be a successful Ozeki? Um, I would I would say Kiribayama. Um, he's been, you know, not only did he win the last tournament, but he, he's been uh, fighting well for a long time. He went 11 and 4 in January when he won the Technique Prize. Then he went 12 and three in March when he won the championship. And he just seems to have a very calm demeanor. Um, nothing seems to phase him. And, and he's seems to have a lot of consistency. So I, I would say he's got probably the best shot to be the next Dozeki. And how about who would be the most, who would be the, have be the longest shot or have the biggest odds you think to overcome, to become an Ozeki? Well, I mean, it, you know, there are a lot of people who who could who could become Ozeki. Daesho has been um, he's been impressive. You know, he he battled Kiribayama in a playoff in the last tournament, um, and he won the Technique Prize after he went twelve and three in March. I mean, he looked great. Uh, he's got a title under his belt. He won a championship a couple of years ago. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's one person who might potentially move up to Ozeki and then, and then there's Ho Shodiu, who's, uh, you know, a Mongolian and he's, um, the nephew of, uh, Asa Shodiu. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's, um, as you know, he's got a lot of, um, various, he uses a lot of various techniques to win. He doesn't just rely on pushing and thrusting like Takakesho is, is sort of a one-trick pony, but Hoshodio can beat you so many ways. And he's shown so many different techniques over the years that um, I, I think he's got a lot of potential, and, and I'd like to see him become an Ozeki. I think that's a good point about Hoshoryu having a real diverse mix of skills. And I think as a, I think for the photographers that are close to the ring, they, they kind of enjoy having that kind of element of surprise where it's not like a robotic type of uh, job where they're taking the same photos match after match. Yeah. And it's exciting for the fans to see a wrestler who's, who's not afraid to try different things. And, you know, he's got a lot of leg sweeps and all sorts of techniques that he uses and, and it's exciting to watch. It's good for sumo. And, you know, being, you know, being a relative of Asa Shodu was, uh, was always, was always exciting to watch as you remember. Yeah, he was, he was very, he also very charismatic as well. He was charismatic and he, you know, he, uh, <laughs> he was quite controversial, uh, both in and outside of the ring, but that brought, you know, a certain element of excitement to the sport. And, and, uh, I, I don't think, Hoshodio is that has that personality uh, outside of the ring, anyways. But he sort of has similar moves inside the ring, so it'll be interesting to see how he progresses. 
Jim, one thing that wasn't on my list of ideas that I shared with you a little earlier, but sort of just popped into my head when we're talking about some of these guys and uh, the state of sumo, you know, in 2023, I was thinking about Toby's, uh, Toby Zaru a minute ago. And just like, where is his career? Is he, is he too inconsistent to really be, you know, to make that move to the top of echelon? Is he still too young or uh, what are your thoughts on the flying monkey? You know, I think he's, he's another one who's exciting to watch in the ring. Um, He's got a lot of uh, spirit and a lot of different techniques uh, I don't think you're going to see him rise up to say Ozeki, um, but Komusubi Sekiwake, he could reach that level. Uh, I I don't think he'll be an Ozeki, but he's he's definitely um, worth keeping an eye on. And he's you know his last few tournaments, he's gone six and nine, eight and seven, seven and eight, that sort of thing. He went ten and five in September of 2022 uh and he got the outstanding performance award um so yeah he's he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on and and i think fans will enjoy his performances in the, in the coming years but again i don't think he's ozeki material we'll have to wait and see um you might be pleasantly surprised or you might be correct yeah, we'll wait and see. I certainly don't want to write anyone off, and and you never know. Um, he he could be, he could surprise us. Mm-hmm. Jim, um, being being out of competition for up to a year in any sport sometimes changes the you know an athlete's um, skill set or how they perform, how a pitcher throws, how a um, how a basketball player maybe they maybe they have elbow problems and they have different mechanics with their shooting after coming back from elbow surgery. Um, with that said, Wakataka Kage is going to be out for up to a year, it looks like, with knee surgery. How do you think that will change the way he performs and how he approaches training and, and just the style of wrestler that he will become? Yeah, it's really unfortunate that um, that he was hit with that injury. And, and I think it's going to be, as you said, he's going to be out for a year. Um, so it's 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 very unfortunate and you know he doesn't um <clears throat> he's not young by any stretch of the imagination so it it comes at quite a crucial time in his career uh and and it's it's unfortunate you know he was a sekiwake and um could he have become an, uh, an Ozeki? It's possible without the injury, but with the injury, I think it's going to be very difficult. Um, his brother, on the other hand, Wakamoto Haru, is is definitely worth keeping an eye on. He's um, he's younger and and uh, a little bigger than his brother. He went eleven and four in the last tournament. Um, so he's he's definitely an up and coming wrestler who who could be an uh, an Ozeki someday. And Wakataka Kage is twenty eight right now. Yeah. So coming back at twenty nine, almost thirty, that's that's a bit difficult. But um, yeah, it's very difficult. <laughs> But, you know, we'll see what he does. I mean, he's uh, 
he's a very determined wrestler and and he's showing that he can win a title um which he did in march of last year so i mean he's uh he's a very competent wrestler Yeah, he was a champion in in March of 2022. So we'll see what happens with him. But as you said, being out for a year and then coming back uh, when you're 30s is is tough. Oh, can you hear me, Jim? Yep, I can hear you loud and clear. Okay, I think I got cut off there for a second. Uh, sorry about that. Um, but talking about a guy returning, Asanoyama is back in the top division after being demoted for six, a six-tournament ban for breaking COVID protocols, uh, dining with a reporter and whatnot. He was in the third lowest division and worked his way, you know, waiting his time to get back to the top division. So he's back now as a number 14. Uh, how tough is that going to be to be competing against guys in, their, in the, you know, the, the best division as opposed to those younger, mostly younger guys or guys that aren't quite as skilled? Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he really got um, a severe penalty for for breaking the COVID protocols, and he's um, he served his time. He he performed really well. He went fourteen and one in January in the judo division, and then he went thirteen and two in in March. So he's he's been wrestling well. Uh, he was he is a former Ozeki. And uh, his his bouts, you know, NHK ranks the um, the viewership of of each bout on each day, and he is consistently the highest ranked um, bout each day. So the fans are really interested in Asanoyama, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do when he comes back. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to do very well. In in your in your general opinion, what what makes him an appealing uh, wrestler to watch, and why why is he so popular? Sort of like a must watch bout when it comes to fans' uh, you know viewing habits. Uh, well, he's uh, he's he's a big man, um, but he he moves well for a big man, and and I, I think fans just. Um, you know, I think they there was a lot of sort of sympathy for him, and and when he got that um, that severe punishment, uh, and uh, he had to sit out. I think there was a lot of sympathy, and and you know, being a former Ozeki, uh, he's got a lot of fans. So I, I think he'll um, he appeals to a lot of people. Jim, we've talked about a lot of guys so far in this conversation. Are there any other up-and-comers and people you've sort of been reading about and, you know, seeing on TV, social media this past uh, three, four, or five months that you think people should keep an eye on? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's um, – <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see what uh, what Abi does. Um, he – you know, he also had his problems with uh, violating COVID protocols. Uh, 
He's uh, he's a big man. He's fought well recently. Uh, he was up to, um, I think he was a Komasubi not too long ago. And uh, he went 12-3 and three in the November tournament in 2022. And when he won the championship. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do. He's sort of a dark horse, and I, I think he's got the potential to surprise a lot of people. So Abi's one to keep an eye on. Also, you mentioned Hoshoryu earlier, someone you like to watch. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you got... I'm gonna, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Then you've got Takayasu. I mean, this guy, I mean, he's been a runner-up, I think, about seven times in his career, and he's never won a title... Um, it would be great to see him win a title. Whether he can do it or not, uh, I'm not sure. But he he went 12 and three in November of 2022. So he he's got the potential. I mean, and as I said, he's been runner up I think seven times. So could this be the tournament that he finally breaks through? It'll be worth keeping an eye on. If it happens, uh, the headline might be eight times a charm. Yeah, there you go. That's the headline. I'll, t- I'll make a note of it to remind myself to use it if it <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, if it happens. I want to throw out one uh, last uh, general topic for you before we wrap up here. Um, and it's not necessarily about the day-to-day tournament uh, highlights and whatnot and the techniques. But when you when you think about the personality and just the fame of of uh, Hakuho and just, you know, what he accomplished in the ring. How do you think that translates into running a, a stable and also recruiting guys to maybe, you know, start their careers there or, or work there? How much clout does he have in trying to become a recruiter and a, you know, just uh, building a business sort of at this stage of his life? Um. Well, I, you know, I think he's, uh, He's made the transition to stable master uh, very well. Um, you know, he he's got some good young wrestlers in his stable, and and obviously they're they're happy uh, to be under his tutelage. And and I, I think he's done a great job. And and um, it's very hard, you know, for athletes to uh, to make a transition after retirement. You know, what do they do? Uh, but he's, I think he's done a great job, and um, hopefully, uh, you know, he can introduce some great young re- young wrestlers to the sport. Yeah, my thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We're doing this, of course, on Twitter Spaces. But to anyone listening, we have an archive of sports talk podcasts on the on JapanForward.com under the sports uh, under the podcast category and also on the Sports Look website, which can be found on Japan Forward as well. Uh, Jim, uh, thank you for your insights today and for the upcoming coverage of the Summer Basho. Looking forward to your stories for 15 straight days. And you have a, you have a preview upcoming as well, right? Written preview? Yeah, we'll have a preview uh, coming out on Saturday and uh, and the tournament starts on Sunday, so it should be a good one. We'll see what Teruno Fuji can do on his uh, wonky knees and uh, also Kiribayama. Keep an eye on him. It's going to be an exciting tournament. Okay, thank you, Jim. And 
Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for, for uh, tuning into this podcast. Again, it will be archived, so please check back at a later date as well. Thank you.